Hey there, welcome to Think Outside the Box Set. It's a, a podcast where we listen to artists' back catalogs. Artists who may be dismissed, or uh, uh, Nathan does the logline, I don't know what to tell you. Nathan got the, got a date with, with Miss Rona, presumably. He has all the symptoms. Uh, he's doing fine. I mean, he can't breathe super well, but he's not in the hospital. He just isn't in podcasting shape, and you all know that that means peak physical condition. We always do all of our stretches before we do our sessions and our me me me's and our uh, all of all of our vocalizations. That's why we always sound so eloquent and um, just so capable uh, and and ready to go. Uh, and he's he's not in that place right now. So instead, we're gonna give you an episode from uh, like a year and a half ago, and this is in our bonus feed from our Patreon. Uh, and this is when we covered the movie Mamma Mia, not Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again, uh, which I hope that we cover at some point on the show. Um, but this is the the movie Mamma Mia. We covered this movie because we covered ABBA on one of our seasons so very long ago, and we thought that it would be an appropriate send-off. And it was just going to be for our Patreon supporters, and it was for a long time. But now it's going to be for you, because we didn't want to leave you empty-handed this week while Nathan is uh, laying on his back, doing his best to breathe and wait out this um, stupid virus. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, you know, side note... Please wear a mask if you're outside, even if you're just like walking and keeping social distance, because if you're walking or running or biking, uh, you're, you're spreading them, them dang particles around a lot farther than you may think. And that's probably why Nathan got it. It's your fault. <laughs> so I, I, I've started uh, wearing a mask a lot more intentionally, even if I'm not planning on going to the grocery store, if, if I'm just going out on a walk or whatever, just because, uh, yeah, I want to do my part. Hope you will too. Anyway, here is our episode on Mamma Mia. I hope you like it. If you want to hear more stuff like this and our weekly podcast, our mini podcast, What's in the Box Weekly, and uh, some other film commentaries, not live commentaries with the movies, but we you know cover the... Uh, ICP movies, and we'll do Eight Mile pretty soon for our bonus feed uh, to honor our uh, our Eminem season. Uh, oh, my baby's freaking out! I better uh, I better wrap this up. So you can join our Patreon. Uh, that's at uh, I think support.boxset.website. That should work, or just go to boxset.website and click the support button, and uh, that would be great. You know. Send us a couple bucks. I think $2 a month gets you access to everything that we've recorded in our bonus feed. Something to help you pass the time in these weird times. All right. Enjoy. Stay safe out there. Let me pour myself a couple of fingers of whiskey over here. Yeah. Mmm. <coughs> What are you smoking? The, smoking that kind? <laughs> no. Well, you know, sometimes when you uh, drink some whiskey and then you aerate it. Oh, oh yeah, man. Ooh, who doggies? Yeah, that's and a risk. That's a risky gambit. It's a risky game, especially high risk, high reward. It's especially when it's eighty-six proof. When it's higher than uh, the old eighty. So mm. that's the energy I'm bringing.
Uh, shall we Mamma Mia? Here we go again. Yes, we shall. All right. Mamma Mia. Mamma Mia. <laughs> That's how I pronounce it now. Mamma Mia. Mamma Mia. Mamma Mia. Yeah. So yeah, I had to, I had to rent Mamma Mia. Oh man. You had to pay money for it's this okay. movie. Yeah, I did. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> that is not a good use of money. <laughs> Spoiler well, alert for my thoughts about this movie. I had fun with it. Did you drink uh, three bottles of wine on your own? No. Um, it turns out it doesn't take a whole lot of wine for me to get silly, but yep. I did throughout the evening, mostly while I was watching Star Trek, but a fair amount while I was watching Mamma Mia. I, I probably drank like three or four glasses of wine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was, a, I was a little wobbly. Mm-hmm. As well you should be. <clears throat> Um, oh, mamma mia. mia. Do you have any opening thoughts before we get into it? Oh, um, are we going? Is this, are we on? I mean, I guess. Yeah, I guess we are. I mean, what else, what um, else are we going to talk about? But before we How's start, the like, synopsizing the movie about? and stuff. What? What? Oh, you're breaking up. I'm breaking up. You're, I'm not breaking, you're not breaking up with me. I'm breaking up with you. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Um, yeah, I was just trying to make fun of you. So okay. Uh, yeah, opening uh, statements. No, let's. Uh, let, let, what are our goals in talking about this movie? Um, um, hmm. to, should we figure that out as we go, or what do you mean our goals? It's just to talk about it and make a fun thing for people to listen to and. Um, maybe sort of a review oh. along the way or some added well, context I guess, I guess I was just wondering um, uh, are we doing are we going to go kind of straight through um, are we going to have any sort of segments within it or are we just going to kind of free, free ball it free, hmm. um, free free balling it's my favorite Tom Seti Tom Petty song about uh, testicles Tom Seti Tom Seti um he searched for extraterrestrial life nerdy joke um i can't what sorts of segments do you think we would do because uh, i don't recall us doing segments in other movies. i guess like with maybe with each song since it's a musical we could be like is this better than the album version or worse oh it never is or does this or does this <laughs> make ne- sense it's never in the better movie? it's never better that's the thing cameron it's never yeah. ever better <laughs> All right, let's just start. <laughs> That's my opening statement is this movie does its best to ruin a bunch of ABBA songs. Like there is not a single song here that is improved. Every single one of them is made worse in various ways. Um, there are a couple that are like executed pretty well and are kind of fun, but I still kind of would rather be just listening to the ABBA version. Um, and there are quite a few that are very inappropriately used. Like they're recontextualized oh, yeah. by the plot and what's happening in the scene in a way that is like the antithesis of the song or is really creepy because of what the song's actually about. There's like, so there's he, like a bunch of yeah. uh, like divorce songs that are played off as love songs, for instance, which is, I'm just oh, yeah. like not into what happens. <clears throat> um, I guess my overarching thoughts about this, uh, are, I had a lot of fun with it. Like I enjoyed a lot of it. I didn't think it was necessarily good, but I enjoyed a lot of it. Um, and there was a weird, feeling of like oh hey they're doing this half a song yay um like mm. uh i recognize oh, it. that's it 
Yeah, I recognize that. So there's sort of like a confirmation bias sort of yes. like effect in it mm-hmm. where the movie is absolutely only relevant because of ABBA's existence. Yes. But if you were to watch it as a, um, if you were to watch it as a, just a regular musical comedy, it'd be like, what the fuck is going on? These <laughs> songs are nonsense. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> most of the time. So it's, it's kind of interesting in that way. And I kind of like enjoyed the weirdness of like how, um, yeah, the only way to really appreciate the movie or to come close to appreciating the movie or know what's going on is to know why they're using songs when they, when they did and yeah. which song was which and, the little the little jokes in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Um, this movie, I feel like, is not... It was very hard to understand what it was going for because it seems very deliberately artificial. Uh, there's a lot of, like, very inhuman overacting. Uh, <laughs> it's very, like, staged and theatrical. It's shot yeah. like a soap opera. There were a bunch of shots where I was like, what the fuck is happening? Like, very flat. Uh, depth of field the lighting is very strange a lot of it looks pretty artificial um the colors are just like oversaturated and too vibrant to be real um yeah so it just it looks like you're watching a soap opera every time they do slow motion you see that they didn't actually shoot it in slow motion they just took the same amount of video and just showed fewer yeah. frames per second so it's like this really herky-jerky yeah. slow motion which is yeah it's really bad yeah. there's a couple <laughs> moments of that i was like what the fuck <laughs> what are you doing <laughs> is my is uh amazon lagging or something yeah yeah so it's like but on the other hand that seems to be what they're going for but also within that context there are a few moments that seem like they're trying more for realism there are a few like conversational moments that are more incisive and more real like when pierce brosnan is talking to meryl streep there are a few scenes where it's like oh that's surprisingly like deep dialogue for this movie yeah. Um, so it was pretty unclear, like to what extent it wants to be just kind of an artificial staged movie versus like have any kind of verisimilitude. Yeah. Yeah. Pick, pick, pick one and mm. <laughs> choose. That said, I did kind of enjoy some of the theatrical over the topness of it. Oh yeah. Uh, particularly when it comes to Donna's friends, these two sassy old broads who are just, who steal every scene they're in. With yeah. one notable exception, in which they completely <laughs> fucked up an ABBA song that I hated. <laughs> <laughs> At the end. <laughs> uh, near the end, yes. Near the end, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, should we, should we start talking about what happens in the movie? Yeah, the first thing I noticed about it is uh, Netflix told me right off the bat that it's rated PG-13 for, quote, occasional references to sex. So... Yeah, they use the word sex once. Yes, at least yeah. they do. They do like they mime a ding dong at one point. Um, oh, really? You didn't notice that? When was that? In the version of Dancing Queen. Miming mm, a ding dong. Uh, let's see. What's her name? One of the one of the dynamos. One of Donna's friends. Uh, oh yeah, Tanya. I think. Yeah, the younger looking one. The one with longer hair. I can't say if she's younger looking. Um, but she like grabs some sort of like artificial flower and like holds it up to her crotch as if it's a ding dong. Oh yeah. And there's one point when, um, I mean, maybe we'll get into it later, but there's, she does some, she's probably the most sexually virile character. Right. (laughs) Exactly. 
So uh, the movie starts with uh, I Have a Dream, the Martin Luther King speech. Yes. Um, and it's just really, really moving. It absolutely is. Yeah. Yes. It's just like, hey, this doesn't have anything to do with the rest <laughs> of the movie, but we we just want to use our platform to uh, talk about Martin Luther King mm-hmm. Jr. Mm-hmm. No, it's uh, the ABBA song, our favorite ABBA song. I, I have a dream. Yes. It's the one about, I have a dream that helps me cope with reality or whatever. Yeah. Um, not but a very good I song. Actually th- I mean, not great. Sorry. Not a great song. Yeah. Not, not, yeah. I was kidding. It's not our favorite, but I think that in the context of this song, uh, this movie, I think it is better because I, um, Oh, that's an interesting thought. Maybe it is. Yeah, be, be, because it, it's about a specific thing, which is Amanda yeah. Seyfried, which uh, her character, Sophie, is, it's at night and she's singing the song on a dock or something. And then she puts these three letters um, into the mailbox. Um, and the three letters are to her three. Well, we don't know. Her she's three dads. Three, her three like dads. That one movie, My Three Dads. My three dads. Yep. Uh, this is a movie about who's who's Amanda Seyfried's dad. Yeah, it's like that picture book. Uh, uh, Sophie has three daddies. <laughs> um, yeah, so she sends that out. But I like that I have a dream song because the whole movie is about her um, really. She feels like she doesn't know herself because she doesn't know who her dad is. Um, and she is about to get married and she wants her dad to give her away. Um, and it's like an important part of her story that she's doesn't know about. And she's sort of fantasizing about. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, yeah, I think that is an example of a song that is better because it's in the movie. Cause in the context of just the album, it's just like, what is this? Yeah. (laughs) I might, a song about, I might agree with that actually. I don't know. Oh, I, I said I said earlier that no song is improved by being in this movie, but you might be right about that. Yeah. Um, Do you you've forgotten about the many well, vague mediocre songs? Yeah, well, that Abba's written. That's true, <laughs> and they do use quite a few of them. But also, like they don't sing that song for very long. Oh yeah, it's like a just it's like a, a, a moment. Yeah. Um. Also, one of the fa- fathers is named Anderson, just like Benny oh, yeah, Anderson. Benny Anderson. Yeah. Um so let's let's talk about the setting. This movie is set on a Greek island and it's pretty unclear why. It almost makes me think like it's one of those Adam Sandler movies where they uh <laughs> yeah. financed their vacation <laughs> as like, oh, it's a we're doing a movie, I guess. Uh so pay for my yeah. vacation, please. <laughs> yep. Yeah. That's like the only thing pretty Adam smart. Sandler does um anymore. So yeah, which is a shame because he is a really good actor when he wants to be. He just yeah, he just doesn't give a shit. He's very lazy. Yeah, this is fine. We're not entitled to his acting. There's plenty of good actors. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah. And it's filmed in Greece as it well. Is, it is. Uh, and on the island Scopolis. That I'm. That I'm Scopolis. sure that's how it's pronounced. Um, Scopelos. Scopelos. Um. I they they do feature the Greek people in this movie every once in a while, but as sort of a Greek chorus, yes. if you will. So there's like a like a sort of meta theater joke there, but also I kind of bothered me how they were used as props. Yeah, they were just so there's a Greek staff 
on this island. Um, and uh, Sophie's mom, Donna, who we'll meet later, uh, she runs this hotel on the island, and then she has this staff. Yeah. So a, a and, group of uh, people they they do everything from like they staff. clean and they cook and they fix stuff and they play music. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, they are kind of jacks of all trade. <laughs> yes. And it, 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 yeah, it kind of bothered me also just like how clearly privileged all these people were and how all the Greek people were working class. Yeah. Um, and like, and they only reference it like a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We'll get to that later, but yeah. So she's, uh, she, she's hanging out with her friend, Sophie. She's hanging out with her friends like the mm-hmm. next morning. Um, I guess her bridesmaids. Yeah. The bridesmaids like two, show up two best buds. Yeah. And, um, she, she tells them that well, they invite, before, that before in- I get to that, there is a, um, there's a montage of the three dads all starting oh, yeah. their I journey forgot. to come to the Island, the Greek Island. And, uh, then, yeah, let's talk about the dads. Yeah. Let's talk about the dads. I want to meet that dad. Uh, there is, let's see, Sam Carmichael, who is, uh, played by Pierce Brosnan. A Swedish adventurer and writer named Bill Anderson, played by Stellan Skarsgård, and British banker named Harry Bright, played by Colin Firth. Yep. And so she sends all th- letters. All three of them, I think, are some of the best, like the best, most charismatic people in the movies. Like, I like all of them really well. Wait, no, I don't the like all of their singing. People in this movie? Yeah. Well... They are pretty charismatic, but I don't know if I'd say they're the most charismatic people in this movie. Also, they're all terrible singers. They're all not great. <laughs> they're pretty bad. <laughs> yes. But uh, I liked the characters pretty well for the most part. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. Um, so then it's the next day after you see the montage of them starting their journey to the Greek island and uh, her bridesmaids show up. Sophie's bridesmaids show up. That is. Um, there's some very glittery titles that say Mamma Mia, of course. They're like explosions. They're like uh, like uh, fireworks of glitter. So, you that. know. Yeah, of course. Which is, is weird because it's the only moment in the entire movie when there's any of that sort of style of thing. Mm. <laughs> like the rest of it, you know, looks like a Greek island and that sort of color palette and stuff. But yeah, it's like... Um, yeah, it was really weird that there was just all of a sudden the super glitzy glamour stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a pretty glitzy, glamorous movie. I don't know. It is, but like... There's not a lot of glitter, I but, it, but then it again, was, there's like sequins it was an, and later on... It was an elaborate uh, an elaborate graphic <laughs> for <Yes>. this title. <laughs> it's half the budget of the movie. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so then there's the song honey honey um which is recontextualized as sophie reading her mom's diary detailing her sexual exploits to her two bridesmaids which is weird and made me pretty uncomfortable why what oh how did that make you feel oh no oh hey (laughs) um i just thought i don't know well first of all she broke into her private diary okay that is weird that's weird and then she's singing this like she's like she's the sec the delivery of it is very sexualized like on behalf of her mother I guess 
which I think she's singing as if she's I think she's singing it as if the lyrics of Honey Honey um, are what her mom was writing in the diary. Right. So she's has a very sexy delivery um, like on behalf of her mother. It's like she's inhabiting her mother's sexuality, which kind of was off putting to me. I I agree that it's weird that she's reading her mom's diary. <laughs> but you think it's fine for um, daughters to just hang out in their mom's sexuality? Yeah. Well, I also actually, she kisses her mother on the mouth in one scene. I don't remember that. She definitely does. Okay. I think I mostly like and trust the sex positive nature of this movie and the the lack of shame. Uh. Um I, I did appreciate how mostly sex positive it is. So I'm yeah. with you there. Yeah. Um, um, so I, I wasn't, I didn't necessarily mind too much. Um, if any, if everyone remembers, uh, this is another song where I, I don't necessarily think it's benefited from being in the movie, but I think the recontextualization is pretty good because she's reading in the diary before the song starts. And she's like talking about, you know, the three boys, the three dads who, um, uh, who fuck her on this island? <laughs> Wait, what did you say? <laughs> who fuck her on this island? <laughs> oh, oh, fuck her mom. The, the oh, antecedent yeah, yeah, yeah. was kind of yeah. missing there, and I was like, uh, whoops, um, <laughs> um, who fucked Donna? Um, and so she's writing in her diary about it, and she's like, we kissed, and then dot dot dot, 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 dot. yeah, um, and then they're like, her friends are like, what's dot dot dot, and she's like. It was, you know, uh, that's all they could say back then. They couldn't just say she, what they meant. She literally says the olden days, which the is old, pretty ye olden it's ta- pretty days. funny because like the seventies was a time that was in a lot of ways, much more sexually liberated than the nineties or early yeah. aughts yeah. or, uh, to some extent today, I'd say. Yeah. But Donna, Donna, we learn later, did have a strict, uh, repressive Catholic upbringing. And yes, I think this was her first her like uh, sexual awakening. It's, so maybe she wasn't ready to I don't know. be it's, explicit in her diary. It's unclear because she also apparently had a, a long career as a, uh, as a, as a singer in a, what, what do they call it? The first girl power group. Yeah. So would she have done that while she had a child? Because it seemed like once she had the child, she settled down on the Greek Island. So maybe, Oh yeah. She did her singer point. career. And then you can have a, you can have a career when you have a kid. Maybe, maybe she did. Well, I yeah. don't know. I mean, you can, but, but I, yeah, um, I need it to be true. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I think that they did a good job choosing this song because the nature of the song, honey, honey, um, if everyone remembers from uh, whatever album episode that was in, um, but yep. it's about like very thinly veiled references to sex. Yes. Um, in, in a sort of fifties kind of way. Mm-hmm. So I thought they, I thought it was a good choice. Yeah. I mean, I guess I still had a hard time with the like uncomfortable blurring of her daughter with her mom's sexuality. I mean, not, not that I feel like, you know, people necessarily have to be uncomfortable about their parents' sexuality. It's just like the way she, um, inhabits it and sort of tries it on for size especially when it like led to her own conception, I thought it was just like kind of a weird vibe. I get what you're saying. It didn't bother me. Well, good for you. Yeah. 
<laughs> that might just be that special little flavor that Nathan's bringing to, to the episode today. <laughs> That's my flavor of repression. That's Nathan's mom issues. Yeah. <laughs> oh, don't. don't. Hi, Nathan's mom. <laughs> don't take it there. Um, <laughs> Who's a supporter of the show? <laughs> God damn you. Click, click. <laughs> That's what you want. Is this what you want? Yeah. <laughs> Fine. Um, Let's see. What was it? Oh, Doggone uh, Beast. The other, the other thing is a lyric that's kept. Yes. Doggone Beast. In this song. Talking about how uh, much her mom's bod was rocked by one of her dads. <laughs> um, which I would be totally cool with, except her daughter talking about. I, I don't know. Um, also, an interesting thing that I noticed right away with this first uh, song is that they do not make any attempt to integrate the music into the scene they absolutely don't even care about making it seem like the person is singing in the scene. It's very like tightly compressed singing and it's very clear that it's recorded. Uh, oh yeah. Like in a studio and then they're lip syncing. And I think, yeah, I want to say that was done on purpose as kind of it's, uh, it's a approach of like, um, what was I going to say? Uh, like artificiality, like intentional artificiality. Um, right. It's music. It's all music videos, basically. Essentially, yeah. Some of them better than others. Yeah. Um, have you seen Les Mis? The uh, the movie, uh, one with Wolverine and Catwoman. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wasn't a huge fan of it, but the music. Uh, do you know how it was recorded? The music uh, wasn't it recorded on set? Yeah. So they um, all of the actors had. Uh, hidden microphones mm. um and oh they, like in like um, ear, uh like in, uh singing in the rain is that true do they do that in that that's like one of the main plot points of the film have you not seen it i've never seen singing in the rain oh dude you gotta see it it's so fucking good dustin and i watched okay, it fine, a year two. Will. yeah fucking do it already right now get off the fucking God, podcast and go. <laughs> go, go watch it uh dustin and i watched it a couple years ago a year or two ago and we were just like uh-huh. this movie is amazing there's even like this extended ballet uh, dream sequence that is pretty long and pretty slow paced, but it was absolutely riveting. Like there are a lot of people who criticize it for that and say like, oh, this is boring. Uh, fast forward. But we were just like, we don't want to miss a second of this. This is amazing. All right. Sing it in the rain. Yeah. It's check it out. Yeah. Fuck. What was I talking about? Oh, who cares? <laughs> I had something to say that I actually oh, wanted to oh, say. Oh, the microphones in Les Mis. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So in the microphones in Les Mis, um, they had hidden microphones and they sang on set in costume um, to a piped-in um, piano, uh, a, a piano accompanist. Oh, that's interesting. And then they record, they overdubbed the entire orchestral score over the top of the oh, singing. Oh, that's a really interesting approach. Yeah. Huh. And because of that, it sounds really intimate and r- real, mm-hmm. um, which is great for everyone except um, uh, Russell Crowe. Oh, sorry. Russell Crowe. Gladiator. No, Wolverine's a fucking beast. He's like a, his He's a thing doggone is music beast. Theater. He's a doggone beast. Huh. Um, no, Russell Crowe is who was, I guess, also going to be Wolverine, but didn't get the job. Really? Um, that yeah. would have been weird, I think. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, his singing is really bad. 
He's a bad singer. <laughs> I hear it's very bad, yeah. Uh, so anyway, um, this movie is not Les Mis, and it does not use that method of recording. So mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's very apparent. I don't know, it's fine. Too. It's pop music, who cares? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it just like adds to the artificiality of the whole thing um, in a way that I want to believe is intentional. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so we've gotten f- uh, through the first two scenes. Yes. Um, Should we breeze through this a little more? Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. Blah, 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 blah. So there's a, da- a little, little dad party um, yep. because uh, Colin Firth and Pierce Brosnan miss the ferry across to the uh, island and um, there's not going to be another one until the wedding's over. I have so, expected but- the, the ferry, the taxis just to drive into the water. <laughs> <laughs> they kind of filmed it like they were just gonna like i mean they're just careening down the docks really fast uh-huh. and i thought they're just gonna like plow right into the water <laughs> i mean um luckily Skarsgård is there and uh he um gives them a ride in his boat because he's a sailor mm-hmm. and there's kind of like a fun little like uh, dad party on the boat yeah and they all get along and they like each other yeah. And that is something that I appreciate about this movie is there's not really any sort of competition between the dads, yeah. Between the dads. Yeah. And there's definitely some no like, one re- there's I I did appreciate there was no like contrived um conflict between the three dudes. Yeah. Um but there's definitely They're some They're all pretty understanding. <laughs> yeah. There's definitely some contrived conflict between other characters which we'll get to. Sure. Yes. Um and then we meet uh uh Meryl Streep's um, character Donna and mm-hmm. her um, her old band, yeah, um, Tanya uh, and uh, what's her face? I think she mostly goes by Tawny in the movie. Oh, Tawny. Oh, okay, and Rosie. Yeah, Tawny and Rosie. Rosie. Great. And they steal the show. They are they're like I think by far my favorite part of the movie. Yeah, they're they're really fun. Uh, just like super sassy, super crude, and uh, they're amazing singers too. They're really good they're singers. They're like actual Broadway performers. <laughs> they they're, they might be the best. Although I think Amanda I, Seyfried's voice is actually pretty gorgeous. I was going to say but Amanda Seyfried is, is like, very, does very well. But they're like professional Broadway singers who have been in Broadway yeah. shows. So they definitely like really nail it. Oh, and Rosie is the uh, grandma in Paddington. Oh. <gasps> oh, really? Yeah. She's the one who's like kind of intense. <laughs> The intense grandma. Oh, that's right. You're yeah. blowing my mind. Yeah. A lot. Uh, I think there were more Paddington actors. Maybe not. I don't know. Well, maybe not. Because Colin Firth is no, yeah. Paddington. It was just her. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's see. Uh, so the, they oh. get together and uh, yeah, they sing Money, two. Money, Money because Meryl Streep's um, uh, her hotel is falling apart. And she's like, yeah, she, she's singing it. And uh, every time she, you know, complains about how much she has to work, um, her staff keeps singing, uh, ain't it sad, like yep. very sarcastically because they're working their asses off, too. Yeah. And she doesn't seem to be working that hard. Let's I mean, let's be honest here. Yeah. <laughs> like she's like the privileged, like um, non-Greek person coming in with a lot of money and yeah. just kind of like not having to work super hard. And then the Greek people are working their asses off. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and the song ends in a a minor earthquake that, um, cracks a, the sort of center 
tile in the middle of the courtyard foreshadowing <gasps> or is it a metaphor metaphor uh-huh. um before we get there i want to um highlight just like an example of some of the bizarre scenes that happen in this movie there are a lot of like very inexplicable interactions that happen and in particular i want your favorite <laughs> yeah in particular i want i want to highlight um uh, Donna's two friends, Tawny and, uh, fuck, I already forgot her name. Rosie, Rosie, Tawny and Rosie, her old bandmates from, um, the Donna and the dynamos. They're on the boat on their way to the Island. And at one point, one of the Greek dudes looks over at her. I think he's a fisherman or something. Um, and his name is Stavros and he hands her a cookbook that she apparently wrote and like sort of mimes for her to autograph it, which I guess implies that he just carries around this cookbook wherever he goes on the off chance <laughs> that he's going to meet this, the author just like, or in case he's going to cook a tasty meal. I anywhere. guess so. I guess so. Yeah. Um, but it's like this, it's not only is it like this bizarre improbable coincidence, but also the cookbook is pristine it looks like it was just printed he just like bought it and hasn't even cracked the spine he hasn't even opened it and he asked her to sign it so he he simultaneously carries it around with him everywhere he goes and has also never opened it and has maybe like had it in a hermetically sealed carrying case just to keep it pristine well maybe he's like a comic collector and he'll he got two copies one to use and one to get signed and then to like keep in a yeah a sealed container oh there but then the one that he does use uh is just like just completely doused in maple syrup and lemon maple syrup it's just that's what you came up with for the greeks (laughs) maple syrup uh maple syrup all right (laughs) i'm just i was just trying to do a poll of what i get on my stuff oh in the kitchen okay yeah definitely greeks would do that also um actually you know what you and i did for a while there I, I thought this okay, was sorry, like fucking baklava. Okay. Honey. Yeah. <laughs> Fish juices. Um, one thing I really liked doing for a while when I was still going to like uh, literary readings, I would uh, go see poets read their work live. And, you know, every every time that happens, there's a long line of people coming up to the poet and asking them to sign a book. And oftentimes it doesn't necessarily increase the value of the book because nobody cares about poetry. Um, but what I would like to do at all, um, if I could just add, yeah. And some people actually hate it like me. Um, but what I would like to do is check out the poet's book from the library and then have them sign it and then return it to the library. Ooh, I thought that was a nice, uh, nice, like fun little thing you can do when you go to a literary reading. So, uh, if people, people out there are (laughs) of our supporters, if you go to literary readings, give that a shot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I kept waiting for the libraries to be like trying to charge me fines for like defacing the book or something when I actually probably increased the value. Uh-huh. Although we just said that it didn't because nobody cares about poetry. So whatever. Yep. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, oh, there's another like completely inexplicable moment when um, the groom who's getting married to Sophie, his name is Sky, which is disgusting. Uh, it's a terrible name. <laughs> Uh, oh, no. <laughs> so shout out to any listeners named sky i think your name is dumb uh <laughs> excuse me while i kiss this guy i'm just putting everyone on blast um he his entrance into the movie 
is him coming into the room where Sophie is hanging out with her bridesmaids and he tackles them both onto the bed, which is <laughs> does do that. so creepy. What the fuck are you doing, dude? That's not cool. Don't just grab women be, and throw them down into a bed while you're with, with you on top of them. Really comfortable with them. I guess, but still, you shouldn't okay, be Okay, so, sorry. Clearly, he's very comfortable with them. They must be <laughs> extremely comfortable with him. Well, I mean, he must be comfortable with them, but it's kind of unclear how comfortable they are with him. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And we, um, I made us backtrack a little bit. Um, the fucked up thing is that uh, Dominic Cooper, who who played Sky, uh, that wasn't even in the script. He just tackled them, and they're like, "I guess we'll use it." <laughs> that is fucked up. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna take take Dominic Cooper down. Yeah, this movie. he's gonna get me too. All right, so I've made us backtrack. Uh, let's see, should we get back on track? Oh, yeah, they sing the song "Money, Money, Money," um, during which. Uh, Donna, who's singing the song all about how she needs more money. She is, she like tries to open a window and the shutter breaks off and she just starts carrying it around for the rest of the song. And at one point she smacks herself in the head with it just full on as if she was like one of the flagellants from uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. and then they sang that song yeah (laughs) it's just like this weird interlude in the song money 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 they're like oh man i fucking love money python (laughs) so goddamn funny i love those guys (laughs) yeah monty and python they're both brilliant humor's just gone downhill ever since then (laughs) all right uh so they finished the song and they just uh start drinking wine and then they're just day drinking and talking about sex. Yeah. And Meryl Streep claims she doesn't miss sex and she doesn't miss boys. Sorry. Sorry. Can sorry, I backtrack men. again a little bit? Why don't uh, you just, well, <laughs> synopsize the movie. I'm just like trying to get back to the things I actually took notes about. Um, all right. Like for instance, in the money, money, money song, there's an extended dream sequence where Donna fantasizes about how, if she had a rich husband, she would be like, just tooling around on a, a yacht or whatever. And yeah. it has one of my favorite sight jokes in which she's like on the bow of the yacht and singing her heart out. And behind her are her two bandmates, the, the dynamos, Tawny and Rosie. And they're like, they're on these jet skis on the deck of the ship and just like kind of dancing and singing. And it's for some reason it's, it's really they're like kind of miming as if they're driving around on the jet skis, but they're just completely stationary <laughs> on the deck of the ship. And it's hilarious. It's a very good sight gag. That, that's an example of what my, my favorite part of this movie is the, the sight gags and the physical humor and just the uh, charisma of these two women is just amazing yeah. and very <laughs> there's, enjoyable. There's a, there's a moment uh, halfway through the movie where Rosie is getting onto this little raft and she's standing up in the raft ah. um, while it's on the water. And she stumbles around trying to get her balance for about for for about 10 seconds before yeah. she falls yep. into the it's water. It's like a very it's sustained. fucking hilarious. Yeah, it's it's like an infomercial <laughs> shot of like, how many times has this happened to you? <laughs> it's great. <laughs> also inexplicable. <laughs> Yeah, it's just it was such a great physical comedy because it's just like 
<laughs> this dumb old lady is just, <laughs> just doing Pratt falls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I highly enjoyed that. <laughs> yep. Um, so yeah, yeah, they they get to they get to talking and it's kind of fun to see Meryl Sex be like laughing and joking and being just like the whole their whole interaction is pretty sex positive. And yeah. I appreciate that. Um and then shortly afterwards, um Meryl Streep, um, uh, the, the dads have arrived on the island at this point and Sophie's trying to hide them away for some reason. She knows that if, I think, I think her idea would be that the men wouldn't be found until the actual wedding day or something by mm-hmm. Meryl Streep, which doesn't make any sense. Like it's a yeah. small island, but I don't know. Mer- so she's trying to hide them away, but Meryl Streep finds them. Uh, but doesn't know that Sophie knows that they're there or doesn't know why they're there. Yeah. And so Meryl Streep is sort of spying on them in really silly. She's on top of the, the uh, little shack that they're in. And yeah, she's, she's like clomping around down and like, look, yeah, yeah. Like she's stomping around, around. On, the, on the roof and like making tons yeah, she's of She's like peeking in the window. Yeah. <laughs> she's being very conspicuous. Yeah. And she's singing Mamma Mia. Uh, here I go again mm-hmm. because all her all her boys are back in town. Mm-hmm. That's an ABBA song too. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. So then she's like really happy about it, but then uh, but then she's also very upset. Mm-hmm. So uh, the daddies agree not to tell. Uh, mm, they're talking to Sophie, and they're like, "Yeah, we won't tell her." Um, and then, um, yeah, at, uh, at some point, Don um, asked them to leave. Yes. At some point, um, Pierce Brosnan says to Sophie, uh, you little minx, which you don't call her that fucking gross, <laughs> disgusting, gross. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> uh, that's probably not something you should call a woman in general, but especially not one who's like half your age or like yeah, a third and maybe of your, your daughter. <laughs> Yeah, and well, he doesn't know that at that point, but oh, yeah, that's yeah still. But he does know that she is the daughter of someone that he fucked once. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, they get so surprised that this could be their daughter when it's like, yeah, you should put you know two and two together, dude. It's like you did you bone this lady. It's not out of the question. And apparently, you didn't pull out or use protection or anything. So yeah, it's not out <laughs> of the question. um so uh donna's sad she's sitting on the toilet and um uh they start singing chiquitita uh uh, acapella her friends okay before we get to that that? i want to talk about another weird and inexplicable moment so the just say it (laughs) okay i'm just i'm just trying to well all right i apologize for interrupting you again but i do have to talk about this uh the ending of that of that whole scene the sequence where donna is spying on this man and singing uh mama mia here i go again is that the greek people surround her and they open up this trap door into the shed and then they all just blow on her they go all of them at the same time and she falls through the trap door it's completely bizarre yeah it's like it happens multiple times in the movie where um, the her staff tries to kill her. <laughs> well, that and but just like uh, a lot of plot action is accomplished by people just blowing, just being. Whew. Oh yeah, that's true because then they actually 
meet and have to be and have to confront. So yeah. it's like this weird, surreal music theater thing that ends up being an actual part of the plot. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, and they're just like <laughs> they blow her down into the trap. It's like what are you, what world do you think this is? What physics apply here? Um, and then of course she Greeks lands. Have superpowers. Oh, they have uh, super breath like Superman. Yeah. Um, and then she lands with her legs spread and in the air, which yeah. is like played for some weird laugh, which yeah. is strange. <laughs> uh, so yeah, she, she talks to them and then she tells them to leave and then she runs away and she goes and sits on the toilet. And then her uh, friends, Tani and Rosie start singing Chiquitita to her. And this song Wanna- might be better for being in the movie too. I think so too. Yeah. Because it's, uh, it's silly. They're trying to like comfort her and they're like offering her like uh, wine and pills. <laughs> like yes. it's really weird. Yes, yes. There's like a shot of them peeking over the uh, bathroom stall and one of them is going above and one of them's going below. And so one of them is, uh, is, uh, what's Oh yeah. Like, Tawny um, is standing, standing on top on of the other Rosie's yeah. <laughs> back. <laughs> It's very well, strange. It's really weird. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to play uh, the first audio sample? Oh, sure. This is Meryl Streep crying. What's wrong? <laughs> Broadway. Oh, me. Um, yep. I have never seen such. This is the other one, Tawny. And the wedding is tomorrow. <laughs> How I hate to see you like this. I kind of like this moment. Oh, like, I think it's kind of sweet that they're doing an acapella thing. Yeah. And they sound good. Yeah. I can see that you're so sweet. Yeah, and then the song starts. Yeah. I don't know how long I made this. (laughs) It's only a few seconds longer. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, and then they're actually singing really pretty. Yeah. Yeah, they're great singers. And they're they're hilarious at physical comedy. They totally made this movie for me. Um yeah, let's see. Oh, yeah, there's these great shots where they're like throwing (laughs) tissues at her. And then offering her drugs and alcohol and stuff. Yeah. Oh, and then after the song finishes, Donna uses the word slut about herself. She's like blaming yeah. herself and like saying, oh, I was such a slut having uh, sex with these three men in a week or two weeks or something and not knowing who the father of my daughter is. And then they just like immediately shut her down. I was like, yeah, that's your mom and your Catholic guilt talking and you shouldn't feel bad. And it's it's kind of like a, a nice affirming supportive moment of just like kind of you know sex positivity and not uh the like the antithesis of shame yeah yeah it is it is nice and they go basically right into dancing queen which Um, is amazing i love the way these two old broads sing it it's so great yeah they're also they're talking about donna sort of you know in her prime or whatever yeah like 
how how great she was instead of how much of a slut she was. Yes. Um, which is really nice. And uh, there there is a scene where they all slide down the banister in this song. Uh-huh. And you can hear you can hear their effort noises in the in the audio. It's audio clip number four. Ah. Um, so basically what happens is Donna slides down pretty effortlessly. Tawny slides down and then Rosie um, she slides down and gets like caught halfway down. She's just like uh, halts to a stop also and then she, she slides gets down butt first <laughs> yeah but <laughs> yeah and then uh and then she just sort of goes like ouchie my my, my badge basically yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty funny you want to play that audio clip i do want to play that <laughs> there it goes there <laughs> oh, and she like integrates it into the song as like one of the yeah. like ow parts. Yeah. Oh, that's good. It's pretty funny. I didn't notice that when I was watching it. That's very good. Um, that's also the song in which one of them uses a like artificial flower as some sort of surrogate cock, which is deeply, deeply weird. Um, and then and then this song ends with all of the women on the island, literally all of them, like going along in like a dancing line singing the song and going down to the docks and just like yeah, and then they all like jump in yeah they all well yeah one of them falls in and the rest of them just like jump in the water and uh there's a quick shot of benny anderson in a cameo oh, yeah. playing piano on a boat yeah it's kind of sweet yeah oh so there's a weird part um at the end of dancing queen where the, where donna takes two like little now air, who's gu- back air guitar breaks oh yeah, um, yeah that's that's the fifth audio sample you want to play yeah it's, it makes the song it's not good it does not it takes away yeah from the song. why did they do that they do and it they again, do it at, the again at the end of the movie yeah <laughs> they do it twice what the hell love that love that electric guitar rock and roll that's all the ladies of the island falling into the ocean also i want to yeah. point out i watch this movie with subtitles because i watch almost everything with subtitles um the ones for this song in particular were very bad. The rest of the movie and the rest of the songs were totally fine. But uh, for this song, the subtitlers seem to be laboring under the delusion that the lyrics of the song are uh, watch that scene, dig in the dancing queen. Ugh. As if like dig in, we've cooked her up and let's all eat her. <laughs> Instead of digging, it's just like ah, dig in the dig dancing in. queen. Like, what the fuck? What do you? Well, what do don't you especially appreciate about? that. Yeah, it's not great. It's not my favorite. Um, let's see. Oh, then the dads pick up uh, Sophie and they take her for a sail around the island. It, it's unclear because it seems like they're leaving, but then she like says, "Don't go," and they're like, "Oh, we're just going for a sail around the island." And so, okay, whatever. There's like a montage hey, of oh, now I just want to point out that like they, you know, she's like in her, you know, swimming outfit or whatever. Um, and it's just a, you know, 20 year old girl and three like middle-aged men and they're all in a boat and it's fine. Like 
it was a red flag at first because like oh creepy old men but then yep. they weren't creepy yeah it <laughs> was it was nice that they like there was no question of fine. them hitting on her or like yeah. being creepy towards her even yeah, though it could have been such an easy plot point to be like oh uh you're my daughter whoops you know yeah but they that wasn't even even interesting didn't occur to the the writers because that would be so gross yeah yeah i did appreciate that um sometimes like like even men in that generation are just like not repressed and they're not creepy yeah you know like it could be fine it can be okay it's an example to us all yeah um and then they sing uh the dads i think it's their first big musical number they sing the song our last summer and they're pretty bad singers although colin firth does show that he knows how to play the guitar at least a little bit I didn't actually watch his fingers. Did he, was it convincing? Yes. Yes, it was. It looked like he was actually pretty uh, fluidly changing chords and whatnot. Yeah. Um, I thought his singing was like kind of sweet. It wasn't great, but yeah. I, I thought his singing was probably the best of the three. I think I agree. Yeah. Pierce Brosnan was like pretty bad. <laughs> and then yeah, dude, Stellan, he's a bad singer. <laughs> yeah. And then Stellan Skarsgård was giving almost nothing to sing uh, because yeah. he's not very good. Um, yeah, but like Pierce was featured pretty heavily and was quite bad. Um, yeah. But they sing the song Our Last Summer and it becomes this kind of like boomer nostalgia thing that yeah. uh, I didn't really like that much. So you loved it. Yeah, well. Um, yeah, this movie is like, uh, Sophie is clearly not the main character. Donna clearly is. And, yes. And it's definitely like at least partially an indulgent musical for boomers to kind of recapture their youth and relive the, uh, the times of ABBA of their, of, uh, their Zenith back in the day and what those times were like. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there's like just kind of a lot of generational dynamics of like how liberated and free a lot of that generation was. And then how their children um, in many cases wanted to return to like quote unquote traditional family values. Like, yeah. uh, like that, that I think that's a pretty common story of like, you know, people being very liberated in the seventies and then their children growing up and being like, no, instead of that, I'm going to get married and have children. And even some of them are like, I want to be a housewife and like that kind of thing. Yeah. 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 Because Sophie wants to get married and Donna's trying her best to be supportive, but she doesn't really want her to get married that early. Yeah, because she's 20 years old and she's getting married. And that's uh, quite young. Yeah. I mean, no, what, what's the phrase? Is it something, no shade, no pink lemonade? How does that phrase go? What? You don't know that phrase? What are you talking about? No shade, no pink lemon, no tea, no shade, no pink lemonade. Do you want to break that down for me? Um, basically, it's just a longer way of saying no shade. Like, I don't want to throw shade. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, apparently... <laughs> it, a longer way of saying it, great. <laughs> yeah. Just more words for saying the same thing. Apparently, it comes from uh, RuPaul's Drag Race. Oh, okay. Yeah. But uh, I've heard, I think Griffin McElroy dropped that phrase a few times, and I think that's where I've heard it. So, um, uh, the Sky, Dominic Cooper's character, he sings the Jealous song for some reason. Um, yeah. I forget what the name of the song. It's the song about being jealous. Lay all your love on me. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's that's another one of those songs that's like about a divorce, and it's one of these self excoriating um, lyrics 
that the men wrote for the women to sing about the divorce, like post divorce, kind of like blaming the women. Like, yeah, we, we broke up because I was so possessive and jealous. Yeah. And he sings that as like a pre-marriage song about how much he loves this woman. And it's like, what? Yeah. It's, it's a weird energy. Um, but I do like how at the, so it's this, you know, very minor key dramatic song, but at the end, they're about to have sex on the beach and you see coming up from the water, but not the um, drink. Yeah. <laughs> they're about to the have sex on action. the beach. Yes. Uh, th- there's a bunch of, uh, um, figures rising from the waves and it's his uh bachelor it's his bachelor party it's his and, what, he, um, what he calls his stag do his stag do yep <laughs> apparently that's like sort of the british phrase for it and i guess he's british oh, or something huh. i don't know so they they all take they all grab him and carry him away um and totally cock block him and then uh they they they're all in like flippers and they start singing don't go wasting your devotion they're singing that while they're doing these like super high step um like these weird flipper weird. dances yeah this weird flipper dances and it's really funny yeah it's hilarious to watch <laughs> uh, especially because yeah it's just like minor key dramatic song and then they're just sort of making fun of it so. yeah Yep. And then there's jet skis and yeah, it's, broom, it's a broom. whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. it cuts to the uh, bachelor and uh, bachelorette parties. I guess mostly the bachelorette party and uh, the uh, mom's old band, the dynamos or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, they come out and they sing uh, super trooper. And for some reason, I kind of actually like this. I think they intentionally made it not sound very good. Like their harmonies aren't. <laughs> yeah. Great. It, I think the um, idea is that they're rusty. Yeah. Uh, But then once they actually, once the the actual beat drops, then, um, then they actually sound really good. If I remember right. But do you want to, do you want to play that uh, audio number six? Ladies and no gentlemen presenting the one night and one night only. Because that's all we've got breath for. (laughs) Speaking of the world's first girl This is the Greeks playing piano. You know what? Tawny and Rosie sound great. I think it's just Meryl Streep who's not yeah. blending. I think that's it, actually. It works, though. Yeah, I think they also get better, like even for the few seconds after they started. Yeah. Maybe, um, maybe that's not, yeah, maybe it's just Meryl Streep not being the best singer, which is fine. She's amazing at everything else. Yes. Yeah. She's not the best singer in this movie. She, she does yeah. her best. And she has a lot of songs. She does do a lot of songs. Um, she should just stick to oh, witch rap. Oh, you know what? The, I feel like there was a big missed opportunity in that particular song, Super Trooper, because the dads end up showing up at the bachelorette party and they're sort of standing in the background and they should have 
had the dudes sing the super super troopa parts. Exactly. But they don't. They don't even sing them once. They have like the Greeks sing those parts a few times, but mostly it's just like in the background with nobody singing it. And it's like, what? Come on. Yeah. Yeah. If the dads were back there and they were like, oh, I remember this song, Troopa, you know, they started yeah. singing together. That would have been great. Yeah, that would have been awesome. <sighs> um, so at this point, um, Bond, uh, Pierce Brosnan, uh, mm-hmm. he he's talking with Sophie and he holds up this drawing uh, that she made of him on the boat and we get to see it and it's fine. Yep. But... <laughs> He says, this is really good. You should pursue this. He seems to so think basically it's he's trying to say like, are you? Yeah, it's it's amazing. <laughs> and uh, this is the best art I've ever seen. You <laughs> arted so fucking good. <laughs> Why aren't you the the main artist mm-hmm. of the world <laughs> of the whole world? Yeah. And uh, yeah, but it's basically just a way for, you know, him to say, are you sure you want to get married? You have skills like, you mm-hmm. know. Like maybe you should pursue uh, your life instead of um, settling down so early. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, then, and then I think, uh, uh, I think that's where he said he realizes that he's her dad, right? It's an extent. Well, there's kind of, well, first before that, um, there is a, an extended sequence set to the tune of gimme, gimme, gimme a man after midnight. Oh yeah. And the like, young women of the bachelorette party who are presumably between 18 and let's say 22 are just like ravenously attacking these 45 year old 50 year old men um and just like trying to get it on with them and like it's very weird and <laughs> seems very like wish fulfillmenty. it's like what is happening i don't like this it made me very uncomfortable yeah i didn't particularly like that which is not to say like it's always necessarily 100 percent bad when there's like an age difference in a relationship but it would it just felt like very wish fulfillment and i didn't yeah. really appreciate that very much and yeah it was just a weird and vibe. Uh, and then somewhere it gets, somewhere in that song go ahead no go ahead you go ahead i was gonna say all the daddies realize that they're daddies no that comes and in then the they next say, song because what? it comes in the next song because the weird like sexual energy of gimme 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 a man after midnight is ratcheted up to the next level for the song voulez-vous when the bachelorette party oh, yeah. is invaded literally invaded by a bunch of men in masks and it turns out they're the bachelor party invading the bachelorette party but they're literally like creeping in like predators and like grabbing the women and yeah it's very seven breads for seven brothers yeah it is no good no 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 <laughs> yeah and then they sing voulez-vous <laughs> uh-huh. uh-huh um and in the middle of that song every dad comes up to sophie and says i'm gonna uh i'm gonna give you away tomorrow and they're all the dads are super drunk and um sophie is just like very overwhelmed and she ends up in the center of a dance circle and then she falls to the ground mm-hmm uh she I don't passes know out spoke. yeah which is apparently the act break of the stage musical okay yeah. all right i guess mm-hmm. yeah yep um let's see what else do i got uh oh there's a very strange scene this is uh it's the next day it's the morning of the wedding day and there are some strange scenes where the uh rosie and tawny are 
who are the uh, dynamos, Donna's dynamos, her old lady friends. Um, they decide they're going to take the three men aside and like, what's, what was the idea with that? They were going to like distract them. I don't know. They're going to interrogate them and try to figure out which one's real dad. I guess. I don't know. But it leads to some very weird, like awkward scenes. That's where uh, Rosie falls off the boat in the infomercial moment. And it's also, then she gets out of the water and she gets up on the boat where um, Stellan Skarsgård is talking to Colin Firth. And they're each, they're trying to talk about how they think they're the father, but there's is like this mistaken thing where they each think the other one's talking about something else. And then the like punchline to that scene is Rosie shows up and says, hello. And uh, Stellan Skarsgård's like, oh, you know, uh, you're just in time for breakfast. And I made all this stuff. And he turns around with the chef's apron on. And it turns out he's completely naked under that apron. And we see his entire butt and butt crack. Yeah. Yeah, it's a free spirit. Yeah, it's just a weird moment, though. I feel like he's... Get, wasn't he naked in, like, some of the Thor or Avengers movies, too? I never saw any of those movies. I think he... I think he's... I think uh, Stelt Skarsgård's a freak. I he, like, he puts that in his on. contract. Yeah, he it's a like, freak. Must Here's be part of naked. my. So I got a diversity writer, but also in my writer, I'm a freak. <laughs> what does this mean? Super freak. He's super freaky. Uh, so in in that scene, um, so they never explicitly say to each other. They they both think that they're you know referring to other things, not about being a dad. Yeah. Um, and um, you know, Selen Skarsgård, it's it's implied that he thinks that Colin Farrell is saying Colin Firth. Oh my gosh. Different. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> He's This would be uh, a very different movie if it was Colin Firth. I mean, fuck. Yeah. God damn it. I did the opposite way. Colin Farrell. <laughs> <laughs> so he thinks that Colin Farrell is coming out to him. Yeah. Which but I was then like, in the like, end of the movie. He's actually gay. He does. He is actually gay. <laughs> yeah. It, so uh, that was confusing. Yep. Um, do you want to talk about uh, Does Your Mother Know? Do I have to? This is, I think, by far the uh, worst use of an ABBA song. And, yeah. And felt, so Tawny... It felt very much like filler to like pad the length of the movie or the, yeah, the stage Yeah, it's a fucking, musical. you know, middle of the second act. Yep. Why are you doing this? Yeah, it's I don't a, know. Tawny sings and, it to some like rando young bartender that she hooks up with. It's after she already had sex with him and they're just yeah. on the beach... And she starts singing, Does Your Mother Know? Which was one of our favorite ABBA songs. And it's all about this yeah. man seeing a younger woman who's kind of in over her head and maybe underage. And he's kind of like trying to gently guide her away from a place where she could end up in trouble. Yeah. Or, you know, he's like, yeah, you're a little bit young to be looking for this kind of fun. Um, does your mother know you're out? Um, yeah. and we really appreciated that song, but it's completely upended in this, um, the musical, the movie as like kind of this fun flirty song where she's like playfully putting him down for being so young. Yeah. Like what the at hell? one point, at one point she sort of, um, dips below the camera and it, it is implied that she's just like going to town on this dude's hog. Yeah. Like. She is just doing all sorts of stuff. And he's making pleasure faces. Yep. 
<laughs> as if she's doing it and everyone's watching. Yep. And then it is revealed that she was just taking his beach towel and tying a little diapy. Yeah. He, she <laughs> dipes him. him on up. Yeah. She forces him into some adult baby play. Yeah. But it she's just sort of like nagging him the whole time. Yeah. And it's played off as like this fun flirty thing. And it's like, that's not what that song's about. That song's no. better than that. Yeah. And it's definitely not improving no. the song. And it just like <laughs> by changing the meaning, it derails the movie for this extended song sequence that like doesn't do anything and just like is a distraction. And I really didn't like it. And it ends. Yeah, they could have the done s- it in the first act, maybe, maybe. But you know. even then, it would have been bad. And then, uh, and then it <coughs> ends with that character Tawny saying just like this absolutely ridiculous, over the top, like. Uh, let's go girls we done good in this like really yeah. like unconvincingly sassy way and i was about? like what are you oh don't don't have done that um oh i think i i think i may have may take an audio sample of that it's uh oh, number eight you're gonna force me to relive that <sighs> oh this is just the bad ending to this song What a bad ending. <laughs> it's like a shitty uh, Broadway ending. Yep. It's not good. <sighs> um, so the next scene, uh, I actually like this pretty well. Um, Sophie asks her mom, Donna, Meryl Streep's character, to um, get her dressed in her and get her ready for the wedding instead of her entourage or whatever. Um, and Donna is like really touched and she goes and... Um, she goes and uh, yeah, starts to get her ready, and um, she sings uh, "Slipping Through My Fingers" about Sophie, um, mm-hmm. sort of in her thoughts. You know, she's not actually singing it to her. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think it's pretty sweet. Um, and then at the end of the song, it's or at some point, nose, but okay, yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> uh, Sophie. Um, asks her mom to give her away, which I really appreciated because this whole movie, she's just been like, you know, trying to find her dad to have her dad give her away. Right. And then she was, yeah, she's like, well, you're the one who like really brought me up and whose blessing matters to me. And I really appreciated that. Yeah. It sort of subverted some patriarchy there. Yeah. Yeah. It was really nice. Yeah. Good job. Mama Mia. Yeah. Um, Oh, there's like this really manufactured weird um, tension between her and her um, fiance where he's like really mad at her for some reason that I couldn't figure like, I guess. Oh, I I actually have audio of that. It's the audio nine. Do you want to play that? Yeah. I know I messed up. Sophie, is that what this whole big white wedding is about? You finding your dad? No. I wanted to take a boat to the mainland with a couple of witnesses and you insisted on this sodding circus so you could play happy families. It's about knowing who I am and I I wanted to get married knowing who I am. That doesn't come from finding your father. Oh. That comes from finding yourself and... Best line of the movie. It only is. I was trying (laughs) to find myself. I put everything on hold for you. Because I loved you and I wanted what you wanted. Now I don't know. You don't know if you love me. Of course I love you. I just wish you'd told me. 
everything okay? He's just being like a drama queen, like for no reason. Yeah. Like, why does he make such a big deal of it? Yeah, he should have been like, whoa, that's really serious that you did that. Also, like, <laughs> you put these three men in a really weird position, you yep. know, like, yep. um, and, but I'll support you. And if that's important to you, you know, and then maybe because he does have reason to believe that the wedding isn't really about him, I think, because at the end, she does call off the wedding. Yeah, um, we're almost at the end. So, like, I think. I think he actually is a little bit insightful there, but he could have been a little more supportive about it. You know? Yeah. He could have said a lot of those same lines and, and Ben, but just in a gentle way, just like, is this, is this wedding? Like, do you really want to get married or is this about your dad? Like he could have said that. It's also unclear. Like if it actually is, if like the only reason she wanted to have a wedding is so that she could invite the dads to it. Or if it's just like she, she specifically wanted the wedding and then also was like, you know, it's now or never I'm going to invite, invite my dads too. like, it's, it's pretty unclear. Like, I, I, I don't from think a it's timeline perspective. I don't think it was, I don't think it's, I don't think we're supposed to believe that she had a very premeditated, had it all figured out idea about it. I think I think we're supposed to just think that she's like, okay, I'm supposed to have a wedding and I'm supposed to mm. have my dad there. And uh, like, yeah. she, I think the movie is just about her kind of trying to go through the motions about what she's supposed to do. Yeah. And I don't think she's opposed to any of the things that she's quote unquote supposed to do. Yeah. Um, but it's not necessarily what she truly wants. Yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. But he's definitely being kind of shitty there. Yes. Um, and I just, I love that line. Uh, that doesn't come from knowing your father. It comes from knowing yourself. Oh, man, it's so deep. Oh, yeah. It's, I mean, I'm going to get a tattoo of that, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Who's your daddy? Doesn't matter. <laughs> uh-huh. <clears throat> I love it when you call me Big Papa, but... But it's not as important as you knowing yourself. <laughs> um, so then it's the next day. Uh, Meryl Streep sings the winner. No, I think it. this is all the same day. Oh, yeah, you're right. Isn't it's, it? It's later yeah. the same day. Uh, they're on their way up to up the hill to the wedding chapel. Um, and Meryl Streep sings the winner takes it all to um, Pierce Brosnan. And... Uh, because he wants to give her away. I forget. Is that what it's all about? I don't know. It's something it's, about, yeah, how he wants to be more involved in Sophie's life or something. It's a pretty contrived. It's like, what is this supposed to be about? Yeah. And it's like the dramatic moment of the entire movie. Yeah. And uh, she, I don't know. It's a long song and long. they're just, they're just, they stay in one place. There's no blocking. Uh-huh. And all Meryl Streep has to do is to lip sync and gesticulate as much as goddamn possible. Uh-huh. <laughs> She's like doing all this like like uh it's like the happy hands like uh group from um Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a little bit like um uh sometimes I doubt your commitment to sparkle motion. <laughs> yeah. She's and then um, she does this thing where she sings straight 
and like without vibrato, she'll sing like a long note. She does this a few times throughout the movie. She'll sing a long note without vibrato and vibrato helps you sing in tune. Yeah. Like um, if you let out your vibrato a little bit, it will help you sing in tune. Um, I don't exactly know why physiologically, but probably has something to do with like relaxing because like you also uh, one one also might sing out of tune if your um, you know, stomach is clenched or something, Yeah, you know, like, Anyway, so she's she does this thing where she sings straight and then sort of lets her vibrato go out a tiny little bit at the end. And I don't really like it. Uh, and I have an audio sample of it. It's uh, audio number 10. Okay. The winner takes it It's sharp. Mm-hmm. There's the vibrato. Yeah, that doesn't sound very good. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And there's also like her, the, the way that she does the word all is if you're singing a long note. So every sound in the word all um, can be tonal, mm-hmm. but it's one syllable. So that means you have to make a decision about when you're making each sound of the word all. Are you going to go uh, oh, and just make an L sound the whole time. <laughs> like, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Long. you know, or are you going to go, ah, um, and then before you get to the L, you have to close. So there's an, uh, sound, but she somehow ends on the sound. Ooh, do you want to play that again? <laughs> so you just listen for Ooh uh-huh, at the end. Uh-huh. <laughs> She does. The winner takes it. <laughs> She's a werewolf. Ooh. Yikes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, Not I my think, favorite. I think part of the reason she might be sharp or singing it in kind of a weird way is the idea that she's a little bit overcome with emotion. There's, there's a lot of that in this movie where people are kind of deliberately singing bad. Um, yeah. Or not like the character <laughs> is singing bad on purpose, but that the character is overcome by emotion. And so their singing is bad because of that. Once again, um, as much as I'm not a huge fan of Les Miserables, um, Hugh Jackman and, um, fuck, what's her name? He's the biggest Ackman there is. <laughs> um, he was once on Jimmy Fallon and, uh, he, I don't know, Jimmy Fallon made some joke about how his name should be huge jacked man. <laughs> <laughs> this is really dumb. Um, no, it was Hugh Jackman and uh, who's the it's the woman who's in she was Catwoman and she was in uh, Brokeback Mountain and um, Catwoman Halle Berry no Halle Berry Hallelujah Michelle um, Pfeiffer no <laughs> that's these old are two cat, cat women <laughs> oh God I forget her name she was in the Devil's Wear, Devil Wears Prada uh, but not Meryl Streep <laughs> wait uh, Bridget Jones okay. <laughs> everyone knows who i'm talking about Do they? anyway except for you <laughs> but you're okay. being willfully obtuse am i um <laughs> you're being willfully obtuse about being willfully obtuse am I? i'm not i swear i'm not i named at least two cat women and um <laughs> it sounds like you're talking about uh what's your who played uh bridget jones what's her face no absolutely not but 
there's only like been three cat cat women well if you count the 60s version four i guess and i named half of them are you Her talking about name the one from anne the, hathaway the latest wait she was in devil wears prada yeah oh. she's the lead okay all right the ingenue uh princess diaries what, anyway, what Anne Hathaway. Um, Hugh Jackman and Anne Hathaway, when they sing in that movie, they do a really good job at singing emotionally and letting their voices break in like very effective ways that still are good singing. Mm-hmm. So, and I, I feel like uh, Meryl Streep is going for that, and I appreciate it. But I, d- yeah, it's not. It's just a little distracting. Yeah. Um, where were we? Oh, yeah. Um, also, somewhere along the way, somewhere here, Pierce Brosnan sings a pretty bad uh rendition of sos do you have any sound samples of that oh uh oh i wonder if this is on spotify the like uh soundtrack album of the not very good singing oh yeah uh i have (laughs) the audio 12 just says the what i wrote about it is bond is a singer kind of oh perhaps that's (laughs) it so i don't know what he's singing there i don't think it's sos okay well let's listen to it on, oh, this is during the wedding. It's only the rest of your Oh, this life. is when he proposes. Oh, yeah. He's such a dweeb. <laughs> yeah. Wow. What a performance. Okay, so we skipped ahead a little bit, but... Uh, Basically, we skipped over the groom's disgusting Saturday night fever costume that he wears to his wedding. Oh, yeah. He's got like a white <laughs> suit with a black or dark blue shirt that's open to his navel. So, yeah, he's gross. a real douche. I got serious douche chills. I thought the, the plot of the movie was going to end up with him being like a shithead that she breaks up with and never sees again. I swear yeah. that that was like kind of foreshadowed, but it just turned no, out he was I just a piece just of shit. A sh- I think he's just a harmless shithead. <laughs> I guess. I think he's just that. a young dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he is only like 20 or 21 years old. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, they're at the, I forget exactly what happens, but basically all three dads come up and they want to give her away or something. And, um, then they all realize no, no, that. No, 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 oh, no, no. Wh- That's not what happens. Um, Meryl Streep gives her away, like brings her up to the priest, who is inexplicably an Irish priest, which is very Irish, weird. Irish, Irish. <laughs> <laughs> On the Greek island. <laughs> um, and then she says something about, she like, well, the priest keeps getting interrupted, which is a like a running joke that I kind of appreciated. Um, and then she says something about, how much she appreciates family and she herself brings up the fact that she didn't know who her daughter's dad was. And then that's when the three dads stand up and they're like, wait, what? Cause they're yeah. pretty dense and they didn't figure any of that shit out. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, Oh yeah. So bond has a revelation, which is that, so he was the first person that she had sex with that summer. Mm-hmm. Um, in the course of two weeks or whatever. And um, he, what did he say? He said that, so he had to go, he was already engaged. Yes. So she assumed that he just went and got married and lived his life this is after they hooked up. a stupid fucking story. I hated it. Yeah. So. But what he, what he actually did is he went back and uh, uh, broke it off with his fiance 
And then he came back, but she was already having sex with another dude. Yeah. And so then it's, he didn't. So then he, he left. He like didn't even talk to her again. He just he heard some dumbass say that she was off with another dude. He doesn't even like verify it. He's just like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's so dumb because he literally all he tells her is I'm leaving. I have to go get married. Bye. And then yeah. he runs away. And then he, his line about that at the wedding later on, you know, uh, 20 years hence is he says, uh, what is he say? I was dumb enough to think you'd wait for me after yeah. he you tells were dumb her to think that you were dumb to think that because the only thing you told her is that you're going off to get married to some other broad. And you didn't even say, you didn't even like say you should wait for me. Why in the hell would she wait for somebody who is leaving her forever to go get married? It makes no sense yeah. at all. And even if he really like was that into her, he should have just been like, all right, it makes sense that you didn't wait for me. Uh, <laughs> I didn't really explain myself. Yeah. I decided not to get married. It's okay that you had sex with this other dude. Uh, I would like, to uh pursue a relationship with you even though yeah you know like that would have been a lot better yeah (laughs) made a lot more sense (sighs) what a dumbass made me so mad oh but also yeah like i don't know it it's it was all just a fling yeah but apparently it was enough of a fling that he wanted to get he like dump his fiance and yeah but he he already made he already made it clear earlier on in the movie that he wasn't really in love with his, with his fiance in the first place. So I could see how he was just like, Oh, this is like a way out of this situation. Uh, um, I don't know. But then he just goes so back maybe, and gets married to her anyway. Yeah. He says that she married him to make him feel dumb. Yeah. <laughs> it's very weird. Like, yeah. So, um, I have some, uh, audio clip of, uh, Sophie talking to Donna here. Ooh, It's number 11. 11. Oh my god! That's why they're all here! I'm sorry, sorry. Please, please, Uh, please forgive me. Please. I don't know. Can you forgive me? What? I don't care if you slept with hundreds of men. You're my mom. Take to the. And I love to you. the priest. Yep. <laughs> he raises his eyebrows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's like, I think that's kind of a sweet moment, especially the line. I don't care if you slept with hundreds of men. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like <laughs> this is the most, um, yeah. Like spelled out, like sex positivity in the movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Uh, and then all three dads, um, they all, for some reason, <laughs> Agree to be a triple dad. Yeah. Our powers combine. Yeah. <laughs> Super dad. <laughs> yeah. Which is, I think is such bullshit. Really? <laughs> well, yeah. Pierce Brosnan says you can get it checked if you want, but I don't really care. I'm fine having a third of a daughter or something like yeah, that. That's a weird way to all, phrase it. A third of a daughter. Yeah. It's like, hmm. I think that's what he says or yeah. being a third dad or, you know, he um, does say a third of a daughter. That's literally what he says. I remember. Yeah. So I just, I think that's such a weird impulsive sort of decision <laughs> to, <laughs> to make like, who was the dad? I don't know. It doesn't matter. You know, <laughs> um, 
Well, I think it's okay to say that it doesn't matter. I do think it's weird to say like, okay, I have room in my life for three dads and where I'm, I'm going to like treat all of them uh, like my dad and um, let all of them sort of have daughter access to me to the extent that a dad would <laughs> like, God damn Christmas would be exhausting. Yeah, dude, <laughs> I think it's, a re- I think it's really weird. Yeah. Yeah. So then uh, Sophie, you know, hears that and then she calls off the wedding and uh, Which Sky is, is cool with it. Yeah. Like it's, you know, they already paid for it. And yeah. she says, she says something like, um, instead of having a wedding, let's just go travel. And both Rachel and I were like, wait, what the fuck? You can get married and then travel. You're already there. You paid for everything. There's the ceremony. Yeah. What the hell? It's the ultimate like, privilege and entitlement. Yeah. <laughs> It's so weird. And then Bond says, let's not waste a wedding and marry me, Donna, which is also weird. I don't think they should have gotten married. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he doesn't seem like a bad dude. He's Um, a bad singer. Well, yeah. (laughs) And to that extent, he's a bad dude. (laughs) I'm bad to that extent also. Yeah, you're the worst. Bad to the bone. Bad. Yeah. And then at the reception, James Bond sings "When All Is Said and Done," which I think kind of works. I hate it in this in this recontextualization, but I like the ABBA version a lot more. I really hated it because it's a divorce song and it's about bringing up the band. And when all is said and like, yeah. It's not a happy song. I think the words technically work. Uh, hmm. And and the song, it's recontextualized to be like, wow, what crazy lives we've lived, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Um, oh, and then uh, Rosie uh, propositions uh, Skarsgård. Um, yeah, by singing Take a Chance on me. Yeah. Oh, what I was going to say is like, uh, I think... Let's not waste a wedding is kind of the like part of this movie that's a farce. It's almost like a Shakespearean plot thing where it's like yeah. it's a comedy. Everyone needs to get married at the end. And yeah. true to form, pretty much everyone ends up in couples. Donna and Pierce Brosnan. Well, Meryl Streep and if I'm going to be consistent, the actors' names Meryl Streep and Pierce Brosnan end up together. Uh, uh, Tawny and the young bartender end up together, I guess. <laughs> to like some extent, it's really unclear. Like, does that mean they're going to have like a serious relationship or is it just going to be this weird fling thing? Um, and then Rosie sings Take a Chance on Me to Stellan Skarsgård. Um, apropos of nothing. Apropos of nothing. Well, no, not apropos of nothing. It's because he, do they have a thing. No, no. He says, because she saw his butt. No, it's not even that. It's because. When Earlier. I saw your butt, what a really cool butt. I like your butt. Uh-huh. Do you want to see my butt? Uh-huh. Keep going. Don't stop. <laughs> my butt's the very best. Gonna be so round. <laughs> take a butt, take a butt, take a butt, butt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, it's because check this butt, check this butt. It's, it's a really contrived moment where, um, well, for two reasons earlier on in the movie, she says something like, Oh, you know, I'm not one to settle down. I'm a, I'm a writer. I'm a lone wolf, which is a weird thing to say because like plenty of writers get married, dude, come on. Um, but then he repeats that same line word for word 
um, after Pierce Brosnan sings um, uh, When All Is Said and Done. And it's yeah. it's very bizarre um, because he just, Stellan Skarsgård says like, oh, I'm a writer. That's not for me, which is totally apropos of nothing. And like, why would he say that? Why would he bring up he's a writer? But then she looks over at him like, oh, those are the words I used earlier in the movie. And isn't that quite the coincidence? And then she decides she's going to uh, hound dog him and yeah. literally chase him around all over the villa, like chasing very him inappropriate up a building. <laughs> Just not very consent informed. Nope. Yeah. There's a little bit of like, yeah, this movie has some kind of undercurrents of like consent is very necessary for women uh, in regards to men, but other way around, uh, you don't really have to worry about it. Women can yeah. kind of like, push the boundaries and like not have to worry about consent. They just can just like kind of go for it. Yeah. Cause that's just fun. Yeah. Men, men can't be victims. Yeah. Men can't be victims and they can't deny consent. It's easy. Yeah. <coughs> yep. Yeah. Um, I do kind of, uh, I mean, for all that, I do kind of like the way she sings, take a chance on me. Um, really? Well, I kind of like it. I was really annoyed. Really? <laughs> I, it was one of the con- recontextualizings that I was like, oh, okay, this is kind of funny. And he does kind of make it clear that he's into it to some extent because he does also... He was asking for it. Okay. All right. <laughs> not, with the way that he was dressed I, not what with I was that saying. apron. Not what I was saying. Um, because he does actually sing some of the lines back to her, um, which it, it was. It's it's a weird moment because... She starts singing to him and he looks pretty skeptical. And, but then at some point he seems a little bit convinced and he starts singing back to her. But then that's when she starts chasing him all over the hotel. And it's like, yeah. did he say that he was going to take a chance with her or not? And yeah, that, that part is weird and uncomfortable. There are like five times in that song where she falls off a building okay. and then he catches her. Like over and over and over again. <laughs> that does kind of suck. All right. You've convinced me it's dumb. I was just, I was just like, it was such a breath of fresh air after hearing Pierce Brosnan saying when all is said and done. And I was like, Oh God. Yeah. Oh, and then uh, they're all partying on the, uh, in the courtyard and that tile breaks and then water spurts out. And, and they then yell, someone said Aphrodite. Is that a is that a thing? I don't know anything about. They did set that up. Mythology. There was like some lines earlier in the film about how like this is the island of Aphrodite's fountain and stuff. Uh, okay. Yeah, but then like the ground breaks and a water main busts and it just starts spraying sewage everywhere or something. Yeah. And they yell, "It's Aphrodite!" <laughs> and they start just partying. Uh, everyone's all poopy. Yeah. Um. So. Then uh, the Dynamo sings a couple songs in the credits. Um, before that, and before after that, the f- we we get a little of a coda when um, uh, Amanda Seafried sings "Thank You for the Music," just kind mm-hmm. of by herself, staring off into the sunset before the credits roll. Yeah, this movie ends like three times. Uh, yeah. In addition to the like padding and the uh, the songs that were unnecessary and the kind of like stretch it out. And then, so the credit song. What was the credit song again? Was they, it Mamma Mia? They sing Waterloo first. No, but before that, they well they sing Waterloo. They sing no, yeah. First it's uh, Mamma Mia. Then they sing Waterloo, and then they sing Dancing Queen again, or maybe it's Dancing Queen and then Waterloo. But they they sing yeah. like three songs over the credits. Yeah, and it's 
it's just uh, the di- uh, Donna and the Dynamos or whatever, and they're just on a stage and they're all glitzed out mm-hmm. and um, they're they're singing their songs. They're having a great time. And then after the end of Dancing Queen, uh, Meryl Streep like drunkenly <laughs> asks, the, like looks into the camera. And says, "Do you want another one? Yep. You want another song?" And I got audio of it. It's, <laughs> okay. uh, it's, it's number fourteen. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> Do you want another one? Do you want another one? And then they water loose. Yeah. <laughs> I can dig that. I can dig in yeah. the the dancing queen. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. So that's ABBA. What could Mamma Mama Mia, Mia Here We Go Again possibly be about? It's a sequel and a prequel. It's like the Godfather 2 of the Mamma Mia movies. Here we go again. I'm going to look up the... Uh, it, look it up real quick. It, uh, it features Cher as uh, Meryl Streep's mommy. And Meryl Streep is barely in it, apparently. Um, and it's not based on a musical. It's not like there was a sequel musical to Mamma Mia and they made a movie based on that. It's an original story and script and they use different. It's ap- not a songs. musical. It is a musical. It's not based on like a stage musical. I mean, Oh, okay. Um, and they use, they use ABBA songs. They use ABBA songs, some of the same ones and some different ones. There we go. Jukebox musical. Musical romantic comedy. Yeah. That's a makes sense. Uh, all right. Who do we got here? Pretty much everybody reprises, except Meryl Streep is not in it for very much, I hear. Now, this makes for some pretty riveting podcasting. People yeah. are just eating this shit up. Okay. Don't you love this, listeners? Man, there's no just like, <laughs> there's no just like quick synopsis here. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Both the prequel and a sequel. The plot is set after the events of the first film and also features flashbacks to 1979 telling the story of Donna Sheridan's arrival on the island. Yeah, Godfather 2. Kalo Kari and her first meetings with daughter Sophie's three possible fathers. Uh, yeah, why? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that seems pretty unnecessary. It's like they, they you know, just kind of like, uh, here's a hot take, kind of like Godfather 2 itself. Pretty, I haven't seen any of the Godfather movies. It's pretty unnecessary um, because the first Godfather is the story of mostly Michael Corleone and ha- his fall from grace. Basically like that's, that's the main yeah. uh, story of the movie and everything that happens to his character um, in Godfather two has already happened to him by the end of Godfather one. Mm. It's like a pretty unnecessary movie. It's, I mean, it's kind of fun to see uh, Robert De Niro uh, stalk around 1920s, New York, hopping around on rooftops and speaking Italian and whatnot. That's pretty fun. But other than that, it's like kind of unnecessary and it's a very long movie. So hot takes. All right. Well, thanks for supporting. uh, I think I saw the box set, everybody. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. We really appreciate the support and it means a lot to us. And because we're adult men and we need uh, constant validation. Well, I was going to say we need some sort of like um, uh, kind of like practical like responsibility in order to have have a relationship with each other. Yes, that's true. Basically, we need to have a a pretense in order to a shared project. And neither of us is very uh, handy. So we can't like fix each other's 
um, houses or spackle together. So we have to podcast together and you guys uh, help, help it keep going. Yeah, exactly. You're the reason that Nathan and I are still friends. Yeah. We would be uh, at each other's throats if it weren't for you. (laughs) 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 Yep. Thanks everybody. And thanks for uh, putting up with Mamma Mia. It, okay, yeah. let's do some final closing thoughts. Uh, sure. Good, bad movie, bad, bad movie, or movie you kind of liked? Oh, we're going to do the flop house. I guess. Uh, movie I kind of liked. Okay. Yeah. All right. Or at least good, bad. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Um, You're just going to hold your own answer? I don't know. I'm, like just, I'm trying to... A little secret? <laughs> it's just for me. Just between me and my God. Um, <laughs> One of my favorite uh, podcasts, The Weekly Planet their metric for uh, rating movies is worst movie ever or best movie ever. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty good. (laughs) Yeah, that's good. I can dig that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm really hard pressed to say what I think of this. It's like, Oh boy. Hmm. Part of me like enjoyed some of it, especially, uh, Donna's friends, Tawny and Rosie. They were a real hoot and a holler. Um, so yeah, there are definitely parts of it I enjoyed, but overall it, I just found it pretty baffling mm. uh, as a movie, um, for all the reasons we've talked about. Yeah. I don't know. Not, it, yeah. It wasn't great. There were some fun moments. Once again, I, I would not enjoy it at all if I hadn't listened to literally all of Abba's music first. <laughs> I, I think I agree with that. Yeah. So I don't, <laughs> I don't know what that says about the quality of the movie. <laughs> Yeah, I I think, yeah, I think overall the movie seemed kind of confused as to what it was trying to accomplish, like to what degree it wanted to be like a super artificial, like uh, soap opera e theatrical thing and how much it wanted to be like an earned story about real people. Yeah. Um, And I, I, I appreciated it most when it was like the most over the top and just silly. Like when the the uh, bachelor party boys are just like flopping around in their flippers and doing their weird like line dancing. Yeah. <laughs> like that, that was great. That part when was they awesome. did the electric slide <laughs> and snorkel gear. Uh-huh. Yeah. That was fun. So, yeah, I don't think I'll probably ever watch it again. But I don't think I regret watching it and I don't think that I hated it all the way through. There were definitely some hmm. parts where I was like, no, 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 no. Your heart wasn't completely full of hate? No, not completely, which is rare. It's a rare feeling for me, you know? (laughs) (laughs) It's nice to feel non-hate for once. (laughs) 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 All right. Is that the end? I think that's the the end. end. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everyone, but thanks even more for supporting us. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, good night. And oh, we didn't do the like intro music, which I guess we do the normal ones for the normal, um, normal bonus episodes, but we can do it for the outro. So take this. All right. Are you dying to watch the sequel now? Can't.
wait. <laughs> Can't hardly wait. I started watching it halfway through this. <laughs> While we were talking about Mamma Mia, you've just been in the background quietly watching uh, Here We Go Again. 